The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. It's Friday morning here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. I am Chris Yao, along with Maurice Patton, as always. Good morning to Terry the Chicken Man, who is on the board this morning. We appreciate you being here for us and helping us. Hey, thanks. This is an awesome show. I, I listen to it when I'm at home, and it's amazing the information you guys share about all the local sports. Uh, it's fantastic. It's a I love this show. I'll put it that way. It's awesome. Well, we appreciate that. And we appreciate you guys listening out there in Radio Land. Maurice, it is, uh, it, it's Friday. It is week six on the board. And we've been talking about it all morning. The schedule for tonight's high school football games is all over the place. But we are going to be talking about several games in the coverage area all the way from the state line up to South Nashville, all the way out to Shelbyville, and who knows how far west we'll go. But this morning, speaking of teams out west, (laughs) we found out yesterday about 12.30-ish that Mount Pleasant has been able to procure a Week 6 game on Saturday, as their COVID restrictions end today, they will now play tomorrow afternoon against McEwen at 4 o'clock at the Mount. So you got SEC football and you got McEwen at Mount Pleasant. Mm. Somebody, somebody may have some choices to make. but um, go to Go to Mount Pleasant and tape your SEC game. Watch it on your phone. Football on your phone. Hey, it's football. <laughs> listen, I—that's I, what I do when I'm. I mean, if I have to watch it, you know, Saturdays I'm usually doing something else and working, and, and you know, I've got I've got my phone sitting right in front of me, ready to go. So go out to Mount Pleasant. It's going to be worth your time because this McEwen team has only played one game this year, mm-hmm. but this is a team that beat Mount Pleasant last year in the state playoffs 42-21 so the Tigers are looking to get a little revenge in week six um actually <laughs> I think it was 49-21 well and it may have been yeah um, but it, but but your point is made it was it was not a close game yeah now in 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 defense of the Tigers in that ball game they had some injuries going into that ball game they um, were missing a lot of they folks. were missing some folks for injuries they were missing some folks for other reasons and all of those folks would have contributed heavily and um COVID notwithstanding they should be a pretty well full strength Saturday when they take the field against 
the McEwen Warriors. And I'm interested to see, since I'll be out there pulling double duty this weekend, um, I'm interested to see the young guy that, that you saw down at Fayetteville a couple of weeks ago, Mr. Cooper, who you were hanging out with. <laughs> hanging with Mr. Cooper, there I was. Go. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kid, Keevan Cooper, a freshman I, I want to call him a running back, but I mean, in reality, he's just one of their do-it-all athletes. He's, he's a get him the ball and get out of the way kind of guy. He is, and and he's a, he's a good target for uh, Tavares Strayhorn when he wants to throw the football. Cooper is pretty much his main target, so that's that's definitely a guy that you want to you know key on if you're a Mount Pleasant opponent. But if you're Bronson Bradley, you still got to find a way to get him the football. Uh, yeah, I, I think. I, I, as you mentioned, McEwen's only played the one game on the field this year. Um, they defeated Perry County 49-30, which a lot of people seem to be running up some numbers against Perry County, if you've noticed. Mm -hmm. But um, that's the only on-field game that they have had. Their other win um, was a, a COVID win over Houston County. But um, they've only played one game. Mount Pleasant's played three we talked coming into the year about not having a preseason, you know, not having scrimmages, not having seven-on-seven, seven, all that stuff. So the first time a lot of these teams were seeing somebody else was in the first game that counted. I think, and we didn't get to pick this game yesterday for obvious reasons, but I think that experience is going to put Mount Pleasant in pretty good shape for this ball game on Saturday. I, I, I don't know if you were ready for picks, but I'm expecting the host Tigers to, to finally break into the win column this weekend. I was not ready for picks, but I agree with you, and I am taking the Mount Pleasant Tigers as well. That is a, in your, for the exact reasons you just mentioned, and we talked about this in the car yesterday about how that could affect other local teams and potentially big region games coming up in the in the next seven days right <laughs> right so yeah mount pleasant has a little bit more experience they've gotten a chance to see what players are going to contribute and what players need to be focused on ethan beasley you know against fayetteville did not carry the ball nearly as much as he normally does and i think in a game against a team that has not played as much, I feel like lining up and going straight at a team like that is probably a better option than maybe trying to out-scheme them because you're talking about kids who have not had an opportunity to hit a lot. They've not, you know, they've been hitting sleds, they've been hitting each other and probably not going full strength. You've got a chance to go out there and just be dominant in the trenches. And and if you're playing a team that has not hit a lot, asking them to hit Ethan Beasley, it's kind of mean. <laughs> that's not what you want to. I mean, that's kind of. Uh, I feel bad for for them, really. Yeah. But the, these kids are very, you know, the Mc, the McEwen kids are excited to be playing they're, oh, they're going to have they're going to be able to you know the first that first part of the game there's going to be a lot of emotion they're going to be playing hype and I, I feel like at some point you have to M mount pleasant has to 
take the wind out of their sails early, set the tone, and if they're able to do that, I feel like it will kind of deflate that emotion and it becomes more of a who is more who is tougher football game. You know, I think it was Ben Martin that made the comment a few weeks ago um, heading into Columbia Spring Hill. And he said that there's going to be emotion early, but at some point, you know, when that emotion dissipates, you got to have some passion. That's right. And and uh, that was that was an interesting thought to me, and it's kind of resonated. And and like you said, McEwen is going to come in here having only played one game. They're going to be really emotional about the idea of getting on the field once Mount Pleasant starts doing what we think they're going to do on both sides of the ball, is McEwen going to be able to bring that passion into play to match that? I think when you're playing a team that you know is a potential playoff opponent, despite not playing a lot of games this year, at at some point when you're McEwen, you have to be more worried about, especially when you only get the game on Thursday, you have to be more worried about what you are doing mm-hmm. and just executing your game plan versus trying to, com- especially when you're talking about Mount Pleasant who mm-hmm. runs the wing tee, it's hard to scheme against that. It's hard to scheme for that with two weeks, right? let alone two days. So you have to just kind of do what you do, play assignment football, Try to win the battle in the trenches, and if you can do that, you've got a chance to win. You give yourself an opportunity. It's going to be an interesting ball game for sure, especially, again, given the the circumstances of how it came about. I'm really excited uh, about hearing it. It will be be available on radio, and you can get that live stream link on our website, sm-tnsports.com. All right, let's uh let's move on and talk a little bit about some other sports, some some results from last night. Mm-hmm. We spoke when we went to the Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce luncheon yesterday, we spoke with Independence Assistant Soccer Coach Chris Clunan, who is the JV coach as well. His JV team, he's the JV head coach and his JV team actually got a 2-0 win over Brentwood yesterday. Unfortunately, the Varsity took their first district loss against the Bruins. They fell 4-1, to one, but independent soccer has been very good this season. Jalen Counts is as good as we've seen in the area. She and Ava Corbin, between those two, have, have really given us an opportunity to see a couple of really good soccer players uh, on this girls' side, so... Proud, proud of uh, of what Independence has been able to do. And, you know, a, an, a district loss in regular season isn't – if it's if it's your only one especially, it's not a game changer necessarily. It gives – you still have the opportunity in the in the postseason. And, and in that district, when you're talking about the tradition of a Franklin and That's a Brentwood right. and a Ravenwood, for this to – for independents to have played this deep into the season and this be their first district loss, that's um it's pretty significant. Absolutely. Well well done, Lady Eagles. Also in the South Williamson area, Centennial defeated Summit two to one in girls soccer. They Centennial took a two oh lead into halftime, which means that Summit 
held them scoreless in the second half, so have to be proud of that effort by their defense and goal keeps. Additionally, uh, Summit did beat Centennial in volleyball 3-1. to one. Uh, Like we've talked about with this, this Summit volleyball team, they've been very good this season, and they continue to get better. The district tournament is going to be a lot of fun with Brentwood, Ravenwood Independence, mm-hmm. Summit. All of those teams are capable of reaching the state tournament. Absolutely. That with that win, that ought to get them what nine and one, ten and one. Somewhere I think along they. I think there. they are nine and one in in district play, which probably earns them the two seed in that tournament, and it's going to be. Very interesting when the tournament play rolls around because Brentwood has all their horses back. So, yeah, <laughs> and they summit lost to Brentwood without several key players in five sets. So, but that's not to say Summit does not have the ability to get a win. I, this is a team that, when they play to the best of their ability, they're as good as anybody. And and having gone to that, um. That event, the border battle, the tournament. border battle over at Cool Springs this past weekend is going to serve them well, I would think. Just continuing to see quality competition as they get ready for the postseason. Oh, no question. Speaking of competition in volleyball, Kalioka got up 2-0 yesterday against Mount Pleasant, and the second time we've seen this happen, yeah. Kalioka gets up 2-0 and then gives up. And loses three straight sets to Mount Pleasant, and they take a 3-2 loss. Great job by Mount Pleasant and that team to make sure that you know they didn't get down on themselves. They were able to rally back mm-hmm. and get a win. Yeah, they they lost the first two games, uh, 25-13, 25-12. Dang, 25-13-20. Goodness gracious. Yeah, and, and so then they come back in the pivotal – the third, third set, set and win that one 25-21 tie it 25-19 and then um get that fifth set the decisive fifth set 15-6 so yeah big win like you said for the lady tigers and you can read more about mount pleasant second year volleyball coach melina jaime um, on our website at sm-tnsports.com um that's a fantastic story thanks thanks um big ups to me no <laughs> when she is it, when, when, i was about to say that the the subject of the story is is much more interesting than your 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 words i'm just saying oh uh, <laughs> I, I understand that and it and is I, a good story i, I would not disagree no um when when melina is not coaching volleyball at mount pleasant high school she's fighting crime in the streets of mount pleasant as a patrol officer so um you don't see that every make day. Make sure you ha- make. I was about to say, make sure you qualify that with as a, as a patrol officer because while she no, may she's be not a, a vigilante, maybe <laughs> while she may also be a superhero for being a single mother, a volleyball, a, a, a volunteer volleyball coach, and a police officer. That's not. I mean, she is a superhero. Don't get me not wrong. Not all heroes wear capes. That's right. Not all heroes wear capes. But so. this one wears a badge. Be sure and check out that story. It's pretty good stuff. If I do oh, say so man. myself. We have had some really good play on words with this particular story. Yeah. 
<laughs> we it, it several, lends itself well to that kind of it thing. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Anyway, great story. Also, last night, Hampshire got a win on senior night. So congratulations to the Lady Hawks for getting a 3-0 win on senior night. And unfortunately, Spring Hill fell at Tullahoma in straight sets 3-0. That's going to do it for our first segment. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to TWSWA Director Bernard Childress right here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Maurice, we are joined now by TWSWA Director and Columbia native, Mr. Bernard Childers. Mr. Childers, thanks for joining us. Hey, hold up a oh, minute. Wait. That's Executive Director. Oh, yeah. He is. That's right. Get he it is, right. He's very executive, too. <laughs> Get it right. That's Executive oh, Director that's Bernard Childress. Bernard, I, pre- I appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you all so much for having me on. And trust me, I don't get in, get excited about titles. Okay? <laughs> like, here's something I'm that I, Bernard. here's something I think you may be excited about. Week six of high school football in Tennessee. Did you think uh, we would get here? Maurice, uh, I can't tell you how excited we are. We. We never anticipated that we would be where we are right now, and it's it's. Uh, I think the most confident part about it is that you know we've had some uh, cases, we've had some teams that have had to quarantine, uh, you know, and some and that was anticipated, but we've been able to keep our numbers down, which tells us that our schools are doing. Uh, fantastic job our administrators and coaches are doing what they need to do and and, and the players also uh doing what they need to do to keep our numbers down you know on an average friday night uh we may have three games out of the hundred or so that are being played that are not being played due to covid is which is phenomenal you know just going on off of that right we we've seen several teams have to like you said quarantine for here and there but it doesn't seem like the teams that are playing each other are having to quarantine at the same time. So does that lend itself to the thinking that they are not passing it on to each other during play? That's that's a great question, and uh, we think so. I, you know, of course, there's no way to know you know, sure. how you know someone uh, got it, or, or you know, of course, when you do your contact tracing, you know who came in contact with those individuals. But we've asked that question to several schools that have had to, you know, quarantine. Do you think 
that it came from practice or from, you know, actually participating in the game. And they said, no, we've been able to trace it back to this particular individual was around uh, someone at home or some, you know, or they went out on the weekend, had, had a party or something like that. So we haven't, we haven't been able to really trace that it came from competition itself. Yeah, that's so, fantastic news to, to me. That's fantastic. It, it really news. is. Yes, it really is. And we, and I'm telling you, we ask that question all the time mm-hmm. and uh, we just haven't been able to pinpoint that it came from competition. And, and obviously football gets the most attention, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you have to be pleased that, Volleyball is approaching postseason play. Girls soccer is approaching postseason play. Um, golf is in the middle of postseason golf is play. in postseason play. So I mean, uh, and volleyball uh, and cross country, cross country is coming up as well. Uh, your fall sports schedule has pretty well come off with little interruption, relatively speaking. Yeah, but then I can tell you. Uh, we're very pleased with that, but one of the things that we are dealing with on our end is just how we're going to conduct our championships and where we're going to be conducting those championships. You all know we had to move our cross-country event because of, you know, we just couldn't mm-hmm. get a commitment at that particular time and totally understood what Metro Nashville was, you know. And so we're having to move it to Hendersonville. We're having to do it over a two-day period as opposed to one day to try to spread things out. We're, re- we're redoing practically every one of our schedules to give teams an opportunity. I mean, just and fans also, uh, just the opportunity to be there for their particular game and then, you know, let someone else come in and watch their, their student athlete play, student athletes play, and then decreasing the number of uh, fans that we can have at games, just like our schools are doing. So, it's uh, but you know we we're, we're trying to do everything we can, as I said before, to mitigate the risk surrounding competition, knowing that the competition itself is is the risk that we're taking. You mentioned Nashville, um, Metro Nashville Public Schools are going to resume football tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Again, a a development that you got to be excited about as as executive director, I would think. And we are. We're excited for those young uh, young uh, men who, you know, you all have seen them just like I have. It's been very frustrated that people around them were getting to play. And because of the numbers, you know, in Nashville, they were not. Uh, but uh, the superintendent and the health department finally worked together and gave, gave them an opportunity to play. You know, if I could just say anything, Maurice, I once said Metro Nashville uh, – they have done it right as far as working with us. They have kept us informed. I was on the phone yesterday with Roosevelt Sanders, who is the, uh, you know, the athletic director in Metro Nashville, Davidson County. Every step that they've taken, they have called us and let us know where they were and what they were doing. And any guidance that we could give them, we've been able to do that. And we just appreciate the way they've handled this. We've been very supportive of the decisions that they've made, and we're excited for those for them to be able to get to this point. 
to, uh, to, uh, tonight. I was even this morning saying I was hoping it did not rain today so the kids in Nashville could have an opportunity to play tonight without having to be in the rain. Yeah. I think that, well, I know for a fact they're playing without fans. Uh, that'll be uh, interesting. But they'll, you know, they'll get where they need to be. That's a tough situation, that, you know, not, ha- not having fans. But as you said, the fact that they are getting to play is, right. uh, and, and, you know, as you talk to coaches from the spring and that kind of thing, and, and those kids didn't get to play at all, these kids are getting to play. They're just not going to have fans in the stands. But I would think yeah. that the bigger win is that they're getting to play. That's exactly right. They're, gonna, they're not going to have fans tonight. Uh, the way they told me yesterday, but I think they are working to, you know, to see how it works, and then they may, you know, have a third capacity or tenth capacity, you know, going forward. So, mm-hmm. but the big key is these kids want to compete. They've been practicing and conditioning all of this time, and you know, they just want to compete. They want to play against someone else. Absolutely. Visiting with TWSAA Executive Director Bernard Childress. Bernard, I am curious as to what the TWSAA, obviously it's not a requirement, but what is the recommendation when a region (laughs) game is missed and there's an opportunity to reschedule it? Are you guys just leaving it up to the schools and not giving them any guidance on that, or are you asking them to try to play it if they can? What's what's the what's the the TWSAA position on that? Oh, uh, that's a great question, and we work with schools on a daily basis with that. Uh, when region games are not being uh, able to be played due to COVID nineteen, the board passed the policy saying if the game is not made up, the team that actually had to quarantine and could not play would not receive. For, and this is for seating purposes only. That they would not receive a loss. However, if they didn't play the game and the team that could have played, and when we get to that point, it's for seeding purposes in the region, they would get a win. But we are encouraging our schools. And, again, I commend and applaud our uh, coaches for doing everything that they can to try to play those games. But on the other hand, we're saying if you have an open date, you know, both of you all can work that out. One of the things that we're not doing, we're not telling them to cancel non-region games just to play a region game because those are contracts also you know they have contracts and those schools are trying to play games also so we said we're not forcing them to cancel any non-region game or non-region opponent just to play a regional game so how does that work in seeding if you have a team who maybe is only three and oh in a region because they had two or three covid no contests well, I mean, versus a team that know, has six wins. Well, of course, the team that has six wins is going to be seated, you know, over gotcha. them. But okay, that that, that was my okay. Yeah. So, it, is it? It's not necessarily by win percentage, but no, potentially total wins. Gotcha. It's total wins. Yeah. And in the event of a three-way tie, a COVID win is just a win. I mean, a win is a win at that point. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and we, you know, we always go head to head, you know, mm-hmm. first anyway. Yeah. Okay. We we were kind of studying a potential situation 
in a um, mm-hmm. in one of our regions where where right. a, a playoff spot could um, could be coming down to a three way tie if things go the way we think they are. Obviously, there's still okay. a lot of football to be played, but right. um, so. No fans in Metro, but you being the executive director, if you decided to go to a game tonight, you could probably get in. Are you getting out? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, this is uh, it's interesting. The way I've always handled situations, uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun to do, I really don't even decide where I'm going to go on any given Friday night. I just go in whichever direction I decide to turn. Because there's games everywhere. <laughs> right. You know, follow the and, lights. Uh, you know, I think, yeah, let's follow the lights and just, okay, I think I'll go over the over, you know, tonight, you know, because I'm right here, you know. And that's a lot of fun because I'm, I'm just looking for watching kids compete and uh, making sure, you know, when I go now, you know, I think I find myself now looking more in the stands and seeing these people trying to social distance, trying to have the mask on, looking to see, making sure the temperatures are being checked, you know, when people are going in or in a contest. Uh, it's it's just uh, when you when I get out and a lot of times it's, uh, I'll stay for half at one site and look up and say, I think I'm going to go down the road and watch uh, the other half of another game. So, uh, because again, people think that we care who wins the contest. That's not what we're all about. We're about kids being out there competing and having fun and doing it in a sportsmanlike manner. You know, Bernard, I was at a, um, at a district golf tournament earlier this week and talking to a couple of administrators, and they were discussing – the state wrestling tournament and how in the era of COVID that might be best approached. And, and it's when you think about it, talking about an event that is scheduled to happen in February and having to consider COVID guidelines and COVID measures and that kind of thing is really a little discouraging, but I know that you have to work ahead and that kind of thing. And yeah. that's kind of where you are. But what, what do you, how far ahead are you all working and looking as far as that goes? All the way throughout this entire. Well, I mean, we had a staff meeting yesterday, Maurice, and we have to catch ourselves sometime, and I have to get the staff back on task. I said, wait a minute, we all focus. Let's focus on our fall sports because we do find ourselves sometimes talking about. Uh, wrestling and talking about spring fling, even even that far out is what we go, you know, what this looks like. And I say, whoa, let's get through the fall first. Let's get back on track. I can tell you that wrestling is probably the sport right now. Mm-hmm. Even uh, everybody talks about football, as you said, but when you look at wrestlers and what they do, that's probably the sport that's keeping us up. <laughs> Uh, more than any right now, Mark Reeves in our office does a fantastic job, not just on the uh, uh, state level, but on the national level. There's so many uh, administrators and coaches and things across the nation that, you know, really uh, that Mark has, uh, he contacts, he's been on the wrestling National Wrestling Rules Committee uh, for several years, and 
just does a fantastic job. But right now, that sport and what those kids have to do to compete is causing us a lot of sleepless nights. And how we're gonna how how we're gonna do this in the in the age of uh, this pandemic? It's gonna that, be tough. That was one of my biggest concerns because of the the length of time that you are in contact with your opponent is much longer than the others. Do you think the success of the majority of your fall sports makes your spring sports easier to to prepare for? I feel like we know that baseball, softball, those type sports can be played relatively safely due to what we've seen over the summer and then, of course, through the fall. Yeah, uh, I just think we learn something every day. Sure. <laughs> you know, uh, it's the, even with the guidelines changing as they are, at some point we're hoping that we can get back to even more sense of normal, normalcy. But, uh, yeah, uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's a learning process. I mean, and something pops up that, uh, you know, that we haven't heard. Uh, some guidelines changed from the CDC. Uh, we have, you know, even uh, I, I think just the medical professionals that we have been able to, uh, I guess, help us, help our team as we go forward, you know, has, has been, this has just been invaluable uh, with uh, the number of people that have been willing to step up and say, hey, we'll help you we'll help you through this, you know, we'll help you uh, guidelines. And uh, we have a partnership with uh, Vanderbilt and it's, I could pick up the phone or any one of our directors could pick up the phone and call the medical uh, doctors that we deal with at Vanderbilt. And if they are busy, I can tell you that they will call us back that day. And that's the way we just appreciate that so much. And, you know, because we don't know. They are giving us guidance. They're the experts. We just have to follow the science and follow the experts and let them guide us and tell us what we need to be doing. Bernard, we talked about Metro Nashville coming back tonight. Um, obviously, the situation in Shelby County is a little different. Shelby County schools are mm -hmm. still inactive indefinitely. What are your? Mm -hmm. I, I know that you guys have said, and as far as we're concerned, you can play, but that's going to be up mm -hmm. to each of the individual localities. What are your feelings about that situation? Well, uh, we we said from day one, like you said, our job as the state association is to work as hard as we can to create an atmosphere that if you want to participate, if you feel like it's safe, if your local health department feels like it's safe to participate, then here are the guidelines, here are the regulations. Right now, this is how we feel. This is the safest way possible. We feel like you can do this. But we have always been supportive of every one of our uh, uh, school systems and schools to make that decision based on what's going on in their area, because every area is different. Uh, it's unfortunate that they're not being able to participate because, you know, the situation uh, right now in Shelby County 
So Virginia does just doesn't feel, you know, like it's safe for those students and athletes to participate. But as far as we're concerned, we support that decision because no school ever is required to participate. We provide opportunities, you know, for them to participate in whatever sport. And, and no member of school is ever required to participate in a sport. Uh, we always hate it when kids are not being able to, you know, compete because we know they want to, but they know what's best for their system right now, and we just have to support that decision. Once again, TWSAA Executive Director Bernard Childers. Bernard, thanks so much for joining us here on WKOM 1017 in Columbia, Tennessee. We really appreciate it and all of your insight, really exciting stuff there, and excited to see how the TWSAA continues to navigate this situation and allow student-athletes to play when possible. Oh, thank you all for having me on, and I'll be glad to you know, come on at any time, and we can talk, and I'll update you as to where we are. Sounds good, Bernard. We appreciate it. Hey, um, enjoy your Friday night. Hopefully it'll be a dry one. Oh, thank you, uh, you all, for having me on again. And I just want to thank you all for what you do for high school sports in, in the state of Tennessee. Uh, we have a, we just feel like we have a great working relationship with all of our media outlets. And it's, you know, some states do not, but uh, you all are, we consider you all our partners. And thank you all for what you do. Thank you, sir. All, okay. all right. All right. Always love when we get ready to go get a guest, and Maurice will call him up, and the, and he says, "Do you have a minute?" And they say, "I've always got a minute for you." Every one of them never fails. It, it's it's pretty nice to have that, just so you know. But all right, well, when we come back, we are going to talk about some of the other games in our cover or outside of our coverage area as Southern Middle Tennessee sports, but inside the coverage area here at WKOM. So make sure to stay tuned. We'll talk about that and more when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It's quarter till, 45 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock. Here in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee, we had a we talked yesterday about the weather, and actually Bernard just touched on it as well. We expected partly cloudy, mostly cloudy skies, but there was a little rain this morning as we came in. That being said, it should clear out before Friday night football, but these fields are still going to be a little damp today because they haven't had time to dry from yesterday's rain. Right. I'm curious how that's going to affect some of these teams. Yeah, you know, um, they tell you that wet fields and rain and that kind of thing kind of favors the underdog. So yeah, that that may come into play in a couple of these games, as you said. I'm particularly kind of looking at that Fayetteville-Richland game, I guess, mm-hmm. where Richland is more of a 
running team anyway. And so if, if it impacts Fayetteville's passing game, that might work to their favor. And that's a game that we are certainly keeping an eye on. You're going to be there. That's right. But um, looking You can for- follow me at Chris Yow, 14, C-H-R-I-S-Y-O-W, 1-4, if you want to keep up with that throughout the night. There it's going to be a good one. It is. I'm excited to be there. A couple of other games, like I said, outside of what you will see on sm-tnsports.com, but you can hear about right here on WKOM during many of these games will be on the whip around, mm-hmm. which will be on line tonight on WKOMradio.com. You know, we talked a couple of weeks ago on our podcast before we started the radio show about Micah McClendon, who is an athlete over at Forest, who unfortunately uh, suffered a spinal injury and had to undergo surgery. That young man has a long road ahead of him, but he has a support system not only in Marshall County, but also in surrounding areas, including Murray County and Spring Hill and Columbia, etc., I wanted to give, I saw this on Facebook a couple of days ago, just an absolute outpouring of love and support for this young man. And we, too, give our support to him. But Viking Pizza in Spring Hill, we need to give them a huge shout out. I saw a picture on Facebook of they had taken a a pizza box and written on the pizza box, no no more orders. They were taking no more orders during a fundraiser for Micah. They were having a fundraiser. You could not place any more orders at this particular time. And the reason <laughs> was because they sold 700 pizzas during a fundraiser for that young man. And that, that gives me chills, literal chills, at the amount of support, especially in... in Having worked in Spring Hill the last three years, I know that community and what they, how they can rally behind someone, even that isn't from their community. It's amazing. You know, when you sell out of whatever it is you're selling for a fundraiser, you've, you've done something pretty significant. So, so hats off to Viking Pizza and to, um, to the Spring Hill community, like you said, for, for showing support for Michael McClendon and, and the Forest Rockets football team. Um, it's – you hate to see these type tragic occurrences like this. Um, we had something a few years ago with an independence wrestler, Hunter Garston, and it was a very similar response and reaction, not just in the independence, Thompson Station, Williamson County area – these type things, the way people rally behind these young student athletes, regardless of who their affiliation is with or anything like that, is really what what athletics and what life is all about. Um, everybody needs a little help sometimes, sometimes more than others. But, you know, when you have the opportunity to help somebody, you, you really ought to try to take that. Absolutely, and the Rockets travel tonight to Lawrence County, and you know they are going to be playing um, with Micah on their minds. 
this Rockets team comes in three and two. Lawrence County also three and two. I think they may have a COVID win. I'm not sure. Yeah, they do over Maplewood. That's right. Um, what are your thoughts on the, the this particular game? You know, as you said, um, Forrest is going to be playing with Micah in their minds and trying to go out on the field and honor him. I know I covered a cross-country meet a couple of weeks ago that Forrest was participating in, and a lot of their runners and their coach and that kind of thing mentioned that, you know, they they were trying to represent for him that, that he was a motivator for them, that kind of thing. And we talked in two segments ago about emotion and passion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a situation like this can really motivate a team can create that extra emotion, can create that extra passion. You know, it can sound a little trivial, play for X, but that family has been involved in Forest football for probably 10 years or so now. So, So they've all grown up around each other and they know Micah and, and, his brothers and the family and that kind of thing. And so to say that they're playing for Micah, they're not just saying that they're doing that. And um, I would imagine that will be impactful as they go down to Lawrenceburg tonight. That's right. A, the McClendon family is, is definitely part of that, that forest community Mm -hmm. and deeply entrenched there. So I think the Rockets will, will definitely be playing in his honor tonight down at Lawrenceburg couple of other games on the schedule. This one out in Murfreesboro, and as we talked just a second ago off air, this this is a weird thing to look at, Maurice. (laughs) Riverdale is playing Blackman tonight at Blackman, which means they will be at the Inferno. At the Inferno. Yeah. The field with its own Twitter account. The field's so cool, it has its own Twitter account. Or so hot. Uh, Or hot, exactly. Um... Riverdale comes into this game four and one. That's not a surprise. It's that Blackman comes into the game at one and four. That is just wild to me. So looking at this game as a four and one versus one and four, you don't typically see those records behind those teams. It's usually flip flopped if they're if you see it. Yeah, you know, this Blackman team has really struggled, obviously. One and four, um, and I'm trying to remember who their only win is against, but but they opened with back-to-back losses to Alcoa and Ravenwood. Um, defeated Coffee County, which was a big region win for them, and their only win. Two weeks ago, they lost to Indy. Right. And then last week, they lost a shootout to an upstart uh, Warren County team, 35-28. So, um, like you said, they are they are one and one in region play, one and four overall, and it's not what we've really come to expect out of a Blackman team that over the past few years has sent guys like Jawan Jennings onto UT and and Master Teague onto Ohio State and and various other talented guys have come through that program in the last few years. So it's tough in Rutherford County. You know they they don't wait on you to catch up and and uh-huh. if and if you fall back behind the Riverdales and the Oaklands and those types it's it's tough getting back up there and and all it's all cyclical. You know. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it, except at Oakland. Well, yeah, 
and, and the Patriots just have a program over there that it's it's tough to compete with. Yeah, but um, you know, I it is interesting. It is a little odd, like you said, to look up and see that four and one, one and four Riverdale coming in there, ranked number six in the state in Class Six A in um this week's Associated Press class um Class Six A top ten. So yeah, they they they've had a couple of pretty big wins. That Franklin win, thirty twenty five, is is looking better and better. It every really week. is. It really is because I, I, after Franklin beat Summit, that that win looked really a lot looked better for River, for Riverdale. I think so. Um, they're only lost to CPA currently, and that was in their season opener. In their season I think. opener, correct. So, so yeah. And last year, this game was a was a pretty you know it's a barn burner because this is an a rivalry. Uh, anytime you get two Murfreesboro schools together, area schools. Well, and and those two are on that side of town. Right, they're they're on, right next to each we, other. West Murfreesboro, I guess, sort of like South Franklin. They're on the west side. Yeah, they're on the west side. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this was a twenty three twenty two Blackman win last year. I expect more of the the same this year this is going to be a tight one okay if you All say right. so i think so right. I, I i really feel like blackman is not a bad football team they just they, they've played some really good teams this now, year and, and that's how you get better I, I think the warren county loss last week kind of caught some folks by surprise but remember this name C.J. Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he scored all five touchdowns for Warren County last week, and I think he's a name that is going to start to get a little bit more attention across the area and perhaps beyond here over the second half of the season as as Warren County tries to um, to come up in that region. Yeah, it's good. You know, you say it, it it probably did take some people by surprise. It probably took Blackman a little bit by surprise. They may not have been – prepared for what was coming that being said there will be no shortage of motivation tonight no so no riverdale won't catch them by surprise for sure um Mm. i I expect riverdale to win that ball game though maybe so we'll see down at the pit tonight is lincoln county hosting tullahoma and that's not the interesting part about this the interesting part is that lincoln county thought it was a good idea to make tullahoma their homecoming game. Well, what in the world were they thinking? I, I'm not sure, but that's that's your guy, Kevin Rose. He's, he's you know, I I'm not sure how much coaches, as we talked about, how much they hate homecoming, how much they have a say so in who the homecoming opponent is. That being said, I'm not sure how that works either. That's interesting. That. That's an interesting. It was point always to make. our homecoming was always the last home game of the year, whomever it may be. We played the defending state champions for homecoming my junior year, so it happens. Well, I, I, I think our homecomings were probably the last home game of the year as well. But you know that was back during the Stone Ages, as you may mention yesterday. Yeah, exactly. But but that was be, that was kind of before the advent of senior night. I don't I don't remember senior night when I was in mm. school. I had yeah. one, but it that that's it it was unusual back then. I, I think ours was the first of the, our of its kind at our school. Yes. So. so so these days typically senior night is your last home mm-hmm. game and maybe homecoming is the game before that or something like right. that. And you've only got five. 
Right. So it's got to be somebody. <laughs> yeah. Tullahoma, though, should win this one pretty handily. I have a feeling the I, the Wildcats are pretty darn good. I, I love that you refer to Meadows Thompson Stadium as the pit, though, because you don't know. I don't know. You don't know. But when Lincoln County was really good back in the 80s and, and, and 90s and, and even into this millennium, there was no better place in Middle Tennessee to go watch a high school football game than the pit. And I was actually down there when, when my alma mater, Franklin, went down and actually beat Lincoln County in the pit, and that's when they were rolling. And if, if you went in there and you won a ball game, you had done something. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, as a guy who's covered high school sports around here for a pretty good while, you know, it's it's – the Lincoln Counties, the Gallatins, Lindsey Nelson Stadium. You mm-hmm. know, when, when those programs are good, it just feels like that's the way things are supposed to be in high school football in Middle Tennessee. Sure. And finally, we'll uh, just want to mention that Centennial travels to Shelbyville tonight, and that's going to be a really good football game. Uh, Shelbyville is attempting to get a – Get on the get on the roll in Region Five Five A, and then Centennial would like to be a part of that Region Six Six A conversation. Though I'm not sure with losses to Franklin and Independence that they will be at this point, but it still could be a very good football game because Centennial is no slouch. And Centennial is no slouch. It's got a lot of great athletes. It's interesting that we've talked about both Riverdale. And Centennial, which are coached by twin brothers Matt and Will Kreisky. Um, oh, that's fine. Matt, Matt at Centennial and Will at at um, at Riverdale. But um, yeah, this Centennial team has has had its struggles. Like you said, they lost to Independence early in the year. Um, lost at Smyrna on that weekend where we had um, well, they Thursday sla- the, the the Thursday Saturday games. Right. But. They haven't played Franklin. I'm sorry. They they, no. they lost to Ravenwood yeah, and, and Independence. They still have, so they are in that conversation. Mm-hmm. They're still in the conversation. And, and they've got Franklin coming up in the Battle of Franklin. And that's a that, that probably decides number four in that playoff scenario. In all likelihood, as as you know, Centennial beat Dixon County last week. So that tells you it's going to be a uh, an interesting rest of the way in both of those regions, Region 5-5A and Region 6-6A. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this will be a great test, like you said, for both those teams. All right. When we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, we are going to talk to former Williamson County head coach and current Florence, Alabama Falcons head coach as he travels up through our area into Brentwood tonight. Coach Will Hester will join the program is Florence Falcons take on Brentwood Academy tonight when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries and their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. And welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined as always by my esteemed colleague, Mr. Maurice Patton. This is another one of those times where Maurice made a phone call and the the person answers and says, I've always got time for you, Mo. We appreciate that we have someone with the reputation of Maurice Patton on this show. That guest is now joining us. It is Coach Will Hester of the Florence, Alabama Falcons, who can probably hear us maybe on the fringe down there. If, if you're in the right spot in a, in a tall area of Florence, um, you right on, maybe, maybe not on the river, but some other spots down there. Coach, welcome in. Thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Good morning, Will. Um, before we get into the reason for our call, What's it like having two of your former guys on NFL rosters? That's pretty amazing, to be quite honest with you. you know, I've been blessed to coach a lot of great players over the years. This is year 20 for me, and uh, they're, they're two of probably seven guys that we've had playing the league over that 20 years. And, you know, two wonderful kids that, you know, quite frankly, uh, deserve every opportunity that they've gotten. They've earned every opportunity that they've get, gotten, and, uh, to see those guys have this chance to live, you know, what was their dream back in high school was pretty amazing. Referring specifically to former Ravenwood receiver Van Jefferson, now a rookie with the Los Angeles Rams. And um, it's hard to say. It is hard to say. <laughs> and to um, Chris Rowland, a rookie receiver slash returner with the Atlanta Falcons who is currently on the Falcons practice squad um those guys were fun to watch I I imagine that's got to be um a fun part of that 20 years Will having um the time that you spent at Ravenwood with those guys yeah absolutely I mean you know close with those guys close with their families and still stay in touch with them you know text with them FaceTime with them on a weekly basis and uh get the opportunity to kind of share in their joy and, and see them uh, living out their dream. It is a very special time. You know, you um, TSU played at MTSU last fall, and I heard that you were in the house. I didn't get a chance to see you myself. But you had five guys in that ball game. Um, and the fact that you, like you said, took time out on a Saturday in, in the middle of your season to come up and check them out, I think meant a lot to them from what I understood. Well, I mean, absolutely. You know, I mean, to me, that's what it's all about. You know, I consider myself a relationship builder. And to me, uh, that's what being a high school coach is all about, is building a relationship with these guys and pouring into their lives. And, you know, a lot of high school coaches, uh, you know, do this for different reasons. But uh, these guys are, quite frankly, a blessing in my life. And, uh, you know, my wife and I consider what we do and what I do as a ministry of sorts. And, you know, we enjoy nothing more than pouring into these guys and then seeing them. You know, they're family members of the Hester family uh, long after high school. And uh, anytime I can get to watch them play and get to a game, uh, especially when there's so many guys in one area, I'm going to make sure that I'm there if I can possibly be there. Talking with Will Hester, Brentwood native, grew up within – 
earshot of where Ravenwood High School is currently located. Um, Brentwood High graduate, former coach at Laverne, at Ravenwood, and briefly at Nolansville before taking over at Florence, Alabama, where you were, what, third year now? Is that right? Yeah, this is our third season. If you can call it a season, this is the third season. <laughs> Speaking of uh, yeah, season. Yeah, let, let, let's just get into that right now. That's a nice little segue as you refer to season in quotes. Um, the Falcons scheduled to make a trip up to Brentwood Academy. I, I was interested in how that game came about, but I'm more interested now in how that game ceased to exist. Yeah, we'll start with how it came about. So we played BA last year. We were scheduled to play them tonight, which was actually scheduled to be the original first game of the season for both teams. And, uh, you know, COVID had the game rescheduled and, and now, unfortunately, COVID's got the game canceled, and we are scheduled to play them again the first game of the year next year. But, you know, I'm a big believer in measuring yourself against some of the best. And, you know, as, growing up in Williamson County, uh, you know, obviously Brentwood Academy's been a measuring stick for a lot of football programs throughout the years there. And uh, Coach White and I got to know each other over my years at Ravenwood, and no one's where we would always work together uh, with Brentwood Academy. And so when I got down here, it was a, you know, that's a short drive. You know, you shoot up through Lawrenceburg, and we're at BA in about two hours and 15 minutes or so. So not extremely long. Our normal region games um, are hour and a half drives, so it wasn't that big a drive for us compared to what we normally have to get to. And in the playoffs, we end up in Birmingham, which is the same kind of deal. So, you know, it was an opportunity for us to measure ourselves against a great team. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we've had uh, a couple of positive cases in our program this week. And uh, the administration of our school system and us and the Alabama Department of Health felt it was best that we uh, pause the football program at Florence for a period of 10 days. Okay. All right. So, See, 10 days, that's so much better than two weeks uh, and it helps that scheduling process a lot doesn't it coach yeah i mean it does you know i mean so obviously the first positive case was earlier in the week so i mean it's going to end up being basically 14 days from that first positive case uh you know we contact traced and all the things that we were able to do and and then we had another person who came in contact with someone outside the program that was positive with the virus and ended up being positive themselves. So, you know, that kind of changed some things for the program. And, uh, you know, in the abundance of caution, we wanted to make sure that we kept our guys safe and paused the program. Talking with Florence, Alabama head coach Will Hester. Uh, coach, this is, like you said, a very odd season. You've got two COVID wins yourself. Um, how difficult has it been to prepare for the class 7A? And for those who don't know, Alabama has seven classes and their seventh class has just 32 teams that go to the, that, that are in it. I'm sh uh, something like that. And, um, exactly correct. It, it is 32 teams. <laughs> I was about to say, but then I was like, no, that's the playoffs, but no, the playoffs are 16. So it, it's a, it's a very unique situation down in Alabama and you guys have some of the most the stiffest competition obviously because those schools are massive and you play teams like James Clemens in Huntsville Sparkman in Huntsville etc but also Austin down in Decatur which is a powerhouse in Alabama what has it been like trying to prepare for that level of competition well I mean you know obviously everybody's dealing with 
Uh, you know, we screen our players on a daily basis, whether it's taking temperatures and answering the questions that are involved with the symptoms of COVID, and just like everybody else is doing. And, you know, the unfortunate part is our preparation really hasn't been the issue. I mean, you know, we've had kids that have had family members that have been positive, had to quarantine and things of that nature, just like everybody else has. And until this week, we had kind of dodged, you know, the virus ourselves. We'd had one case back in June of a kid who was asymptomatic that was having a procedure done and got tested by the hospital. Uh, but we had been, you know, lucky. I mean, the virus has, has hit everybody. I mean, it's not, it doesn't discriminate against, you know, uh, location or anything like that or classification. I mean, it's affecting everybody, as you see, with the cancellations on a weekly basis. But the unfortunate thing for our guys is all of our cancellations, quite frankly, have happened the day of the game. Uh, and so mm. you prepare all week, you're, you get to game day, it is game day. And, you know, I heard Mo talking before I came on that, you know, I was tweeting out this morning about game day and I absolutely was. I mean, this is a, this is a uh, situation that's come about in the last 60 minutes. I mean, so, you know, the hardest part for us is, and this is what people don't understand uh, about the way school is right now, the way athletics are right now, you know, a humongous portion of these kids lives all their school and the athletic teams that they're involved in. You know, we've got seniors in our program now that will have lost four games, four opportunities on the mm-hmm. field to compete uh, of their senior season. You know, that's 40% if you think about a 10-game season. Uh, and, you know, it, it's devastating to them mentally. I mean, that is the, the side effect from this is the mental side of it. Uh, and, and, you know, the self-confidence side, all those kinds of things. We got guys that, you know, we can motivate to do well in school because of the care of football that we dangle in front of them. And, you know, when you hear those kids say, well, coach, what do I have to work for now? What, why, why do I need to come to school? Why do I need to, you know, keep my life together? You know, you know, football is, is, is what kept me from doing things that, you know, would probably be negative to my life. And, you know, and, and I don't have any answers. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell them. I mean, I, you know, we can love them. We can show them all the affection we can, but now I, I, I can't even be around them for 10 days. I'm away from them until October the 5th. And these guys that just like the Chris Rollins and the Van Jeffersons of the world that we just mentioned, you know, now I'm away from these guys for 10 days and, all of them don't have the best home life. All of them don't have, you know, their parents are working and, and not available and you're sitting at home and you've been told you got to stay home and you're doing class online and you can't get help from a coach or a teacher uh, when you have a question. I mean, you know, there's a lot of negative, uh, I guess, you know, peripheral things that come along with this other than, you know, a fever and a cough and the things that are associated directly with the virus. And and dealing with all of that and and keeping keeping kids focused is is like you said something that I don't think everybody necessarily grasps the concept of. Yeah, absolutely, and and I mean it's just tough. I'm really emotional about the situation now, as fresh as it is for us. I'm contact via text message and phone calls with our guys as they've received the word right now and you know the things that you hear them say are, are heartbreaking and you don't really know uh the correct words to to heal those wounds at this time and to make them feel better at this time and you know we have guys whose ability to get a college education depends on the film that they garner from their uh senior season 
and now they've lost four of those games. You know, we're going to, before we play again, we will be three and three and have taken the field twice. Mm. I mean, just think about that. I mean, three and three, six games in our schedule gone, but they've only stepped on the field twice. And, you know, we understood that was the situation we got into this. I'm thankful for the two games we've played. Sure. Because, you know, if you look at the baseball players and the spring athletes of last year, or mm-hmm. if you look at the state basketball championships in Tennessee that were taken away last year, you know, I mean, we're thankful for the two games that we received. But it is still very, very difficult for these young people. And, and that's the thing. We just had Bernard Childress with the TWSAA on in the last hour, and, and that was pretty much the focus of, of our discussion with him as well, Will, is that, you know, we've gotten some football regardless of what the circumstances have been, and it's kind of been in 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 ebbs and flows and jerks and that kind of thing, but, but we've gotten to the field, which is – a lot more than the spring sports got. But like you said, it's not been without its frustrations for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, we're thankful. Don't get me wrong. And I don't want people to think that, uh, you know, we aren't happy with what we've been able to do. But it's been difficult. And, you know, and the emotional roller coaster for these kids have added a lot of stress to them as well. So, you know, my prayer is, and for those people that are listening to this that do pray, please pray for these young kids. Pray that that they, mm-hmm. when they close their eyes or they're sitting in that dark room and they're by themselves, that the thoughts that they have are to, to something positive in their life, to something uh, meaningful to them, and, and let them understand, you know, there's number one, there's a God that loves them, uh, that cares greatly for them, and there are a lot of people that do as well. Coach Will Hester of the Florence, Alabama Falcons, his team was scheduled to play Brentwood Academy tonight. Unfortunately, that game has been canceled due to some positive COVID tests down in Florence. Coach, thanks so much for joining us, though, and we appreciate everything that you have done for high school football, not only in Williamson County, but now in North Alabama. And well, I got one question for you is how is it to sit in a room with – the greatest of all time i mean the goat when it comes to sports media i mean i mean how do you show up every day uh and live through that i will tell you it's really tough sitting in the same room with terry the chicken man it's very difficult terry the chicken man is oh you're talking about maurice i mean there is a large shadow cast and i understand if you feel inferior at times Uh, you know (laughs) trust me it is an absolute pleasure coach you you say that and and i know that you you mean it and i take it because i know you mean it but it's true maurice Patton is a legend in this area and having him as my partner at southern middle tennessee sports is an absolute pleasure and i couldn't do this without him and and his connections to folks like you and and and, and everyone else well, I can promise you one thing. When that name pops up on my phone, I respond. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah, you you don't know what that means, Will, in all seriousness. But the one thing I wanted to say before we before you got out of here is you have been associated with two of the coolest logos I've seen in high school athletics. First at Nolensville Knights, and I told you when, when y'all rolled that out that I hadn't seen anything like that at the high school level. And then that Falcon that you guys have got down at Forest is really, really sharp. So I don't know if you had anything to do with either of them, but kudos to you because those are really sharp. 
I appreciate it, Mo. Thanks, buddy. And I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, so when do y'all play next now? Uh, we are uh, paused until October the 5th. So it'll be not this Friday, not next Friday, but the following Friday if everything goes as planned. And who would that be against? That'll be against the Spartan Senators. The Senators. That's one of my favorite nicknames in, pretty yeah, cool. in, in high school, in Alabama high school. Yeah. Great. Hey, thank you, sir. Be safe. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you all soon. All righty. All right. That's Coach Will Hester of the Florence Alabama Falcons. He will not be – playing tonight uh as we mentioned before the top of the hour uh that's okay though but but that's how quick it can change that's how quick anything can change and that's that's what he said both of you know he's had three covid games and all of them have been canceled the day of the game you know and that that's what that's what's you know makes it such a struggle for not just the coaches and players but your parents who are preparing for you know, taking it, you've got concessions to worry about. You've got game day preparation. You've already painted the field if you're the home team and that sort of thing. Well, Brentwood Academy, not Brentwood Academy, turf. they have turf, yeah. but but, I, but that I mean, in the grand scheme, there are so many. But I mean, on Florence's end in this situation, I mean, you you've got, like you said, you got working parents. You've got folks that have taken off from work probably for a two and a half hour drive. Yeah, you know, some folks may have decided to make a weekend of it like the Lakeway Christian folks did last weekend. You know, you've got – You maybe can't get off work at 5 and be at the ball game by 7 if you're in Florence. So, you no. have to take off a little early. It just it, – it's really unfortunate. And, and, and there's, you know, not complaining because really there's no way around it. I mean, when you get the news, you get the news. And, and the safety of those involved is – The most important the, the, thing. The paramount thing in this. But it's – it's tough, man. Absolutely tough. And fortunately, we have several games on the slate for tonight in the area. We will talk about the games we wish we could be at tonight when we come back on the other side of this break. It's 23 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock here on WKOM 101 FM. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. And welcome back in. Got to hit that that beat. You got to got to let the beat drop. You got to let the beat drop, and when it does, you can go right into it. It is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Maurice, we have several fantastic football games on the slate. We've already talked about several of them earlier in the first hour. This, however, is the segment where we get to talk about the games we wish we could be at if we were not covering games in our area which by the way i would much rather be at 
the games in our area than these others. No doubt. Let's talk about three real quick that aren't going to take place to follow up right. on Florence and Brentwood that. Academy real quick. Just got word earlier today that the Christ Presbyterian Academy Brentwood High School game will not be played either. That's correct. Um, earlier this week we learned that Battleground Academy and Macaulay would not be playing. And that's a big game to miss because that, that would have been a good one. Yeah, and obviously University School of Jackson was set to come to Columbia Academy today, but with the COVID issues that Columbia Academy has had in its program with the hospitalization of Coach Charlie Lansdale, they have paused their program for a couple of weeks as well. So they'll miss tonight. They'll miss next week's game at Trinity Christian down in Jackson. Right, so at least four games in the – listening area which right. will not be played tonight unfortunately yeah. some games that will be played though mm-hmm. maurice if there was one game that you could go to tonight and you had your choice of anywhere in the listening area where would you be well you know when we tossed this out as a topic you and i immediately landed on the same game we so i'm not gonna steal your shine i, I we can talk about the other two first, and then we'll talk about the one we would both be at. Well, the one, the second one that came to my mind after the one that we both thought of was Hillsborough Pearl Cone. It's the start of the Metro Nashville football season, and these are two Metro Nashville and beyond powerhouses. I'll tell you how good Pearl Cone is. They are ranked number 10 in the state in Class 3A, and they've not taken the field yet darn good <laughs> i mean it, when when it, when that being said you're talking about the you know, state championship performer last year uh th- they were at the blue cross bowl um the firebirds right mm-hmm. it's a really cool nickname yeah we, we've had some really cool nicknames today the rockets mm-hmm. the firebirds the yeah. senators talking about all kinds of cool stuff um this pearl cone team is always very good it's a team that we will probably get to see a little bit later this season when they travel to Independence. And and, and you're talking about two coaching titans oh, yeah. in Metro Nashville and Maurice Fitzgerald over at Hillsboro and Tony Brunetti over the at Burrows. Pearl Cone. That's a good one, too. The Hillsboro Burrows, yeah. I think they're changing that, though. They're I think they're working to change the Burrows. I'm not sure. I, I read that somewhere, hmm. so I don't know. Interesting. But – um. While I can't be at that game because I will be at Hendersonville at Independence, I can tape this game because it is on my TV 30 as its Friday Night Rivals series. So um, if you are going to another game and you would like to see this game, hit that record button before you leave the house. And if you're not going to a game because you are a Metro parent and you can't attend, you there can you watch go. it. You can watch it. And, and it's... That's another game that was canceled. Uh, McGavick and Hillwood. Yeah, two, two Metro, Metro teams. Schools. Yeah, and and that's got to be really tough for them. I mean, they finally get the go ahead to play, and then they can't play. That's mm. it's it's tough. It's it's really been a frustrating season, but at least there's a season. That's right. And the second game that I landed on was also a TV game that I can tape <laughs> because it is going to be on ESPNU tonight. That is a little bit late kickoff. It's a 8 o'clock kickoff. Yeah, because TV supersedes everything. Hmm. IMG Academy 
out of Bradenton, Florida, I believe. I believe so. Traveling to Brentwood to take on the Ravenwood Raptors. And this game, I, I don't know how, how competitive it's going to be because IMG is really good. But the fact that IMG is coming to Middle Tennessee to play a high school football game goes to show the level of competition and the respect that Williamson County and Middle Tennessee has garnered over the last few years. Yeah, when you start talking about high school teams that have rosters with the kids' hometowns next to them. You know, you, know. It's, you say that, but when Independence basketball plays – They've had so many kids move in. When they and when they do their introductions, they they've got from Dallas, Texas, from <laughs> where wherever they were born. Uh, some of them they get you know from Thompson Station, Tennessee. But it's funny that you say that. But that being said, this is not a a Williamson County type melting no. pot. This is a come play at the best high school football program in the country mm -hmm. melting pot theoretically yeah i mean um it's a great opportunity to go down there and develop and and get yourself on the map and and try to put yourself in position to play some major college football somewhere and um they've done a pretty good job of that absolutely so i would i would i would love to be at that game i'm not going to be i will probably be dvring it on uh i like how you say yeah, tape I, I, and I, I say dvr that just you know, but don't get me wrong. I have I have taped. <laughs> there you go again. <laughs> I have taped several games. Uh, I actually at I don't remember where it is, but I'm pretty sure I still have a tape of the 1995 Game Six World Series. Do you have anything to play at all? <laughs> I, I'm sure in my storage unit back home is has got plenty of old stuff. Oh VCRs. I, oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. VCR DVD combos and that sort of thing, but. Yeah. Anyway, tape, tape it. You put your do you put your TV on channel you three? Can, you gonna get off me? <laughs> do you put your TV on channel three still? That, we that, may we may have to go to a break so I can take care of this. <laughs> All right, I'll get off of them and we'll tell you about the game that we would both be at if there was any way possible for us to take in a game tonight uh, together. No question. We would travel just a short drive down 431 yep. to Lewisburg, where Springfield travels to Marshall County. Number four, number five, Class 4A, going to be an absolute barn burner, folks. You, you know, um, in all reality, when you say state championship pre uh, preview, potentially, this could be that because Springfield is the number four team in the state. They're undefeated at 5-0. and Marshall County is number five in the Associated Press Class 4A poll. They are 4-1, and one, and they go in opposite directions because mm -hmm. uh, Marshall County is in Region 4-4A. They go east. Springfield is in Region 6. They go west. They would not meet in the postseason until they got to Cookville. This is a game that has the potential to be like you said, a state championship type preview, but none. If there's any type, if there's any game tonight specifically that gives you the chance to see postseason level play, this is the one that you 
will want to pay attention to. I am very curious as to how this game will turn out. I'm, I'm really excited about high school football in week six, and this is one of the reasons why. Yeah, I, I believe Springfield advanced to the state semifinals last year. Um, Marshall County is always in that mix. They were eliminated in the quarters by region rival Nolansville, who went to the semis. Mm -hmm. So um, you're talking about two teams, two programs, with a lot of tradition and um, a lot of recent success as well. And, and fortunately, you are wrong. They did not get to. They did not. Uh, must have been the year before. They did not go to the. Actually, they did go to the state semifinals, but they also went to the state championship game. They lost. Oh, to did they lose to Elizabeth? Okay. They lost thirty to six to Elizabeth. Well, in, they did go to the Co state semifinals right, and beyond. Did, and beyond. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I mean that that just goes to show that this is a this is an absolutely for week six. Oh man, this is as good as it gets. Now here's the thing: Springfield went to the state championship game last year. Just want you to think about that. Marshall County beat this team forty-two to twelve last season. You know, sometimes it's not who you play, but when you play them, and sometimes it's who you play on the west side of the uh, state <laughs> because they did lose to elizabeth in 30 to 6 so yeah yeah that's um that's interesting so i don't expect it to be a 42 to 12 ball 42 game to 12 and the thing is that was 42 to 12 at, at springfield. springfield that's right <laughs> so that just goes to show i'm telling you this is a uh this is going to be a really good football game and marshall county's ready we we talked to um some folks in the with knowledge of the program mm -hmm. earlier this week, and he seemed very confident in the Tigers going into the week. I just think in a game of this magnitude, uh, the Tigers at home is would be a pretty safe pick if I, I were picking. I, I don't know that you're I. You're right. As as far as I mean, sure. As as far as the safe pick again. In toss-ups, we like to go with the home team. That that's usually how how that happens. But um, I'm really just I'm excited about this one. I mm -hmm. think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I will definitely be tuning into the whip around and the TriStar Sports Radio crew tonight as they hand out scores from across the state of Tennessee. That comes on at um, six. Well, 5 o'clock, TriStar Sports Live with J.P. Plant. 5.30 is Murphy's Matchups. 6 o'clock, we have TriStar Sports with J.P. Plant Friday again. Friday Night Live. The Friday Night Live. Mm -hmm. And then that comes and that, that rolls all the way till 6.45 where you can then hear Summit and Northwest, Northwest Clarksville. <laughs> My mind kind of went blank there. Summit Northwest, uh, Summit Clarksville Northwest on one hundred one seven, right. beginning at six forty five. Mike Epley, Matt Rogers, Mike side. Columbia Central hosting Nolansville, six forty five on one hundred three seven, right with Lee Maddox and the esteemed. Is he still in the house? No, nah. Clayton He's probably Harris. Listening, though. Yeah, okay. So with Lee Maddox and Clayton Harris, and then following both those games. You can come back in for, for post-game wrap-ups and scoreboard. That's right. You can hear us on 
on that post game show as well. Mm-hmm. And you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook where we have Facebook Live pre pre game, halftime, post and post game. Yeah. And then you can course, actually see us. And throughout you may not the want night. to, but yeah. you can. That this is much better for us. It really is. This radio thing. I've always said I've got a face for radio. Finally, you know, for the last three years and, and for those of you who have watched and listened over the last three years, we Thank you. We have yes, thank you. But we've been video it's it's been more video. Mm-hmm. So being on the radio definitely um lends itself to better aesthetics for <laughs> Our listeners. It's <laughs> a great way to put it. Yeah. Any, we, we just throw the logo up there. It looks really cool. Way better than us. Um, some other games of note. Franklin hosting Pope John Paul. That they were. Franklin was originally scheduled to play McGavick when the Metro situation kept getting pushed and pushed. Franklin decided to go out and get Pope John Paul, and this is going to be a very tough game for the Admirals. I think it is, just from the standpoint, you know, um, we've talked about Franklin's offensive line, but I think that that the trenches mm-hmm. are pretty much a strength for Pope John Paul II and for Justin Geisinger's squad up there, a um, former NFL player in the trenches himself, so kind of prides himself on that kind of thing. Absolutely. Frank, uh over in Waynesboro, home to my friend Greg Seitz, mm-hmm. uh, they host Houston County tonight, and that's um, Wayne County looking for their first win still. And they host Houston County instead of hosting Mount Pleasant. Right, they they were supposed to be playing Mount Pleasant tonight. Uh, so that's that's the Wayne County game. Make sure to get out and support all of your high school athletics across the state of Tennessee tonight if you have any opportunity to do so. If not, tune in on My30, MyTV30. You can watch Pearl Cone and Hillsboro, or wait till 8 o'clock and watch IMG Academy at Ravenwood on ESPNU. And if you don't want to do either of those two things, listen in right here on WKOM and WKRM for Summit or Columbia Central Action. Plenty of options Uh, to support high school sports, and we appreciate all of you out there who care enough about high school sports to support not only those athletes, but those of us who are trying desperately to get you that information. All right, so 41 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock. We're going to take a quick break, and we will come back and talk about the hat that Maurice is wearing and some other... Interesting topics when we come right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Oh, yeah. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Maurice Patton. Thanks to Terry. 
Chicken Man for being on the board with us today. We appreciate all of your help. Maurice, week one is just about in the books. Our first week here on WKOM 1017 FM. Thanks to the folks at Kennedy Broadcasting for allowing us this opportunity. We've enjoyed every minute of it. And despite it being a little early in the morning for us, <laughs> if, in, in case you don't know, Maurice and I both have print news and print sports backgrounds. In print, sports writers typically come into the office about 2 o'clock in the afternoon because sports happen at night for the most part. Go figure. Huh? So, so we would work, you know, 10 to or 2 to 10, 10, 2 to 11, something like that. So this is very unusual uh, to be up at 9 in the morning working. Up at, up and functional. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been it's been a, a little bit of a change, but a welcome change because we are happy to bring you the most current and update informa- updated information that we have. And when we get breaking news at noon, like we have twice this week, we break that to you on Twitter at SM underscore TN Sports. Of course, you can follow us on Facebook, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. Just search that. And then SM-TNSports.com, where you can find all of the information that you need to be informed on local high school athletics in and around Murray County, North Giles, North Lawrence, South Williamson. That's typically where we stop for now. <laughs> for now. But... We appreciate all of our readers, almost 30,000 views this month on our website, which is nothing short of miraculous when we just got started. So thank you guys all. I also want to throw a quick thanks to to our guests this week. I think um, for first week, we've... we've Talk about hitting it out of the park. I think we have hit it out of the park. We... um. We had MTSU, the voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters, who um, I guess is on the ground in San Antonio as we speak, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that situation in just a second. He's probably on the Riverwalk if he has any sense. No doubt. Man, that's nice. Um, Joe Williams from the Williamson Herald kind of got us up to date on a little Williamson County football, thanks to him. We spoke with Columbia Academy cross-country coach Brady Henson, ahead of the Murray County Championships on Tuesday. He did a great job with that meet. Um, got to visit with former Tennessee State University Athletics Director Teresa Phillips. Um, gave us a little insight into what Deion Sanders might be getting into as mm. new football coach at Jackson State. Um, we were able to visit with Columbia Central football coach Jason Hoth and with nine-time soon to be 10-time and probably 11-time New York Times bestseller Jeff Perlman. He was um, discussing his book on the Los Angeles Lakers, um, Three Ring Circus. We also had Heather Williams from WCYB-TV in Bristol talking a little NASCAR with the, mm-hmm. the Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan, Bubba Wallace team that's on track for 2021. Um on track yeah Yeah. and and as you just heard earlier in the show today we um had TWSAA executive director Bernard Childress and 
Florence, Alabama football coach Will Hester. So again, thanks to all of our guests. And and you can I, expect more. I don't know that the the quality. <laughs> we set a pretty high bar yeah, this that's week. That's a pretty that's a pretty high bar. But don't expect the quality to drop off much, if at all, on our guests. We will speak with Chip every Monday. We will speak with someone from the Williams and Herald Sports Department, whether Joe Williams or Charles Charles Pulliam, on Tuesdays. And hopefully a local head coach, whether it be football, volleyball, soccer, golf, cross country, on Wednesdays. We appreciate their help. And then, of course, we've got plenty of connections through the legend, apparently, uh, thanks to Will Hester. Um, (laughs) I I texted Will a little bit ago. I told him checks in the mail. And (laughs) he's probably not lying. No, if you went through... Maurice's contacts, you would just be like, "Okay, seriously, dude, it's insane. It's great. It's it's perfect for this show, and and you're going to get a lot of that uh, as our show continues. And we appreciate all of the help that we have gotten from those guests. They have been more than amenable to coming on the show and talking about all kinds of different sports and what they're doing. So we appreciate them." Speaking of, we will talk to Chip Walters on Monday about the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders football game, which will be tonight. tonight. Yes, they are playing Friday Night Lights down in the Alamo Dome, right? They play uh, Texas San Antonio plays in the Alamo Dome. They that, do. That game is on CBS Sports Network at 7 p.m. tonight. You can check that out. Uh, you know, and, you know, Will Hester was talking about the the fluidity of the high school football season. Obviously, that has bled over into the college football season as mm-hmm. well. A UTSA was supposed to play Memphis right. this week, and uh, Memphis has had some, some COVID issues and had to bow out of that game. And so instead, these two Conference USA teams are going to meet each other. And as we spoke Monday with Chip, not been the smoothest of starts for the Blue mm-hmm. Raiders. 0-2 with a 42 to nothing loss at Army and a 47 to 14 loss at home against Troy. So taking on this That's not the only game that's been postponed or canceled in Conference USA either uh, or changed because mm-hmm. USF and Florida Atlantic will not play and North Texas Houston aren't playing either. And and on a little bit bigger scale, Notre Dame, Dame. Wake Forest will not take place this weekend. So, so yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, fluidity, a lot of fluidity in the college football schedule. But again, we can talk all day. The good thing is that we can still list all the games that aren't being played. Yeah, I mean, the, without the taking fact up that, too much time, the fact that they're tr- and the fact that they're trying to play. That's right. Yeah, uh, I think um, after the Pac-12 made the decision last night to play fall, fall sports or fall football. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the Big Ten last week and the SEC and ACC have already – they're ready to go. But continuing in Conference USA, last night UAB gets a 42-10 to 10 win over South Alabama. And a guy that I covered in high school, when he was in high school, Spencer – I like to call him Touchdown Spencer Brown. He <laughs> – he is the now the all-time leading touchdowns 
scorer in UAB school history, and UAB has been on a absolute tear since Jacksonville State graduate Bill Clark showed up on scene and the return of Blazer football. That's not good news for Middle Tennessee, as we noted, was it two years ago that UAB came up here and and beat Middle Tennessee? And I know it's just it's been a struggle for for UAB to get back, but once they did, man, it's been really cool to watch. You know, and and hats off to everybody involved with that program, even as an MTSU graduate. They tried to shut that program down and um, did shut it down, I guess. And so for them to come back and, and come back with a vengeance the way they have, it's, it's, it's been a great story. It's Absolutely. He, he said begrudgingly. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, man, Bill Clark, that guy has let, let, just – Bill Clark has been a head football coach since 2006, I believe, when he started at Prattville High School, the team that ended the Hoover dynasty down in Alabama. Uh, he's never had a losing season as a head football coach, ever. And that's pretty impressive. As you guys may have picked up on in listening to us for about a week or so, Chris is an Alabama native. Yes. So he he who roots for Tennessee. He has a lot of expertise down in that area and ish. Speaking of speaking of Alabama, Alabama. <laughs> um, going to run through the schedule for Week One of Southeastern Conference football tomorrow, starting with an eleven o'clock Central Time game as Kentucky travels to Auburn. Man, that's going to be a good football game. Breakfast with the Tigers. And I will be tuning in. <laughs> also at 11, though. Also at 11. And and we've got, I assume these numbers in parentheses are top 25 rankings. I didn't realize Kentucky was ranked. Oh, yeah. Number 23, Kentucky at number eight, Auburn. Well, when they did the last rankings, they didn't include Big Ten or Pac-12 teams. Oh, well, so, like, go. Like Tennessee's number like sixteen or something. That that's why you got eight of, of fourteen SEC teams right. ranked, I guess. Okay. Yeah, number twenty three Kentucky at number eight Auburn at eleven o'clock tomorrow. Number five Florida at unranked Ole Miss. And as a the, Tennessee fan. The the debut of the lane train. <laughs> Eleven o'clock tomorrow as well at two thirty. I'm assuming this is the CBS game since it's at two thirty. Mm. Uh, <laughs> safe bet. Mississippi State travels to number six defending national champion Ooh. Louisiana State. Go Tigers. Um, <laughs> got to get a little bit more gravel. Yeah, I don't have it. Yeah, they they did a sixty minute piece on Ed Orgeron on Sunday and um. The guy reporting it said that Orgeron sounds like a man who has swallowed crawfish shells. That's exactly what it sounds like. I, I would love to get like an x-ray of his vocal cords when he talks to see like how much vibration there um, really is. That's crazy. Um, at 3 o'clock, number four, Georgia travels to Arkansas. At um, 6 o'clock Saturday evening, number two, Alabama's at Missouri. 6.30. 16th ranked Tennessee goes to South Kakalaki. Take on the Gamecocks. And finally at 6.30, <laughs> finally at 6.30 on Saturday, Vanderbilt travels to 10th ranked Texas A&M. 
on the SEC Network alternate channel. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't have TV listings with this schedule, so I'm not sure who's where as far as that goes. But check check your local yeah. listings. Florida Ole Miss is ESPN. Kentucky Auburn SEC Network. Obviously, the CBS game you mentioned. Georgia Arkansas on SEC Network. Alabama, Missouri on ESPN, Tennessee, South Carolina on SEC Network, and Vandy, Texas A&M on the alternate channel. All right, 56 minutes, just close enough to 11 o'clock. We are getting ready to bring you the rest of the day's programming. We'll be followed by Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity before we get to TriStar Sports Live at 5 o'clock. We made it. We made it to week to the end the of the end week. Of week one. And I'm excited about the beginning of week two. I know you guys are as well. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. <laughs> we don't care. We all we want them to listen. We want them. Next week we will be be trying to get you guys to uh to, to call in. Join the show. Call in numbers nine three one three eight one one oh one seven. Feel free to do that at any put point. that in your phone. Yeah, put that in your phone. All right. Maurice, we'll see you on Friday Night Lights, Under the Lights tonight, if you are out and about in and around Mary County. Let's go take a nap. Not together, but let's go take a nap and then come back and um, get ready for Fayetteville at Richland, Hendersonville at Independence, and getting coverage of all of these games up on our website at sm-tnsports.com. Check that late tonight or early in the morning. We'll have coverage of all of these area games for you. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Have a great day.